Welcome, I'm Scott Morris, your host and moderator for this month's Mac Learning webcast for July 2009. Uh, before we meet our presenters and uh, move into the actual webcast, I just want to make a quick announcement. Um, we've had a lot of requests for the uh, presentations that were given at uh, the last um, quarter's academics conferences. We had those at uh, MIT, University of Utah, uh, Duke University and Indianapolis University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. And those videos should be available on the maclearning.org site uh, by the end of this month. So uh, go ahead and check those out uh, again at the end of this month or early August at the latest. So with that said, um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, move into today's webcast. And uh, today we're joined by Drew McCormick, the CEO of the Mental Faculty. Uh, Drew, are you with us? Thanks, Scott. Hi, Drew. And also joining us on the line is Karen Thompson. And Karen is an Apple Distinguished Educator, and uh, she works in the Springfield District 186. Karen, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks so much, uh, both of you, for uh, joining us. And uh, Drew, you're calling us all the way from Amsterdam. So uh, I guess what is about 7 o'clock in the evening over there? That's right. I've already eaten dinner, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Thanks again so much for joining us. And uh, today's webcast is titled uh, Mental Case, a uh, tool for bite-sized learning. And again, uh, Drew McCormick will kick things off. So Drew, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you and just uh, let me know when to advance the slide deck. Okay, great. Thanks, Scott. What I want to talk about is Mental Case. And um, if we go to the first slide, um, I, want to, I want to do things in three different phases. So I'm going to talk first about Mental Case features. And later on, I'll hand over to Karen, who will talk about um, integrating mental case in a classroom setting and in a school. And I want to finish off by talking about the future of mental case and what we're planning for the next year or so. So if we go to the next slide, um, I should introduce myself first. I'm actually uh, the CEO of, of the mental faculty at the moment, but I've, I'm actually a scientist by training. So uh, until about six months ago, I was a scientist working in theoretical chemistry. And it, as a hobby, I started developing Mental Case, and this was about three years ago. And Mental Case has been building momentum, and it's got to the point where now I can actually uh, stop my day job as a, as a scientist and, and, and start the mental faculty and become a full-time Mac and iPhone developer. And that's what I've done. So the mental faculty, it's a fledgling company. It's a very small, new company with the idea of targeting Apple platforms, namely the Mac, the iPhone, the iPod, and anything that Apple brings, brings to the table in future. And in particular, in the fields of science and education. And our flagship product is a product called Mental Case. So if we go to the next slide, uh, Mental Case is what we're here to talk about. Uh, what is it exactly? In two words, it's a study tool. It's, it's a way of, of studying information, getting information into your head. It's available on three platforms, on the Mac, on the iPhone and the iPod Touch. And as I've already mentioned, there's a bit of history there. It's, it's, it's been around on the Mac for around two years. We've been developing it for about three years. It took about a year to get it to market. And we were very lucky when Apple introduced the iPhone because we saw an enormous opportunity uh, for this type of, of application. And we immediately realized we had to develop an iPhone app for it, uh, Mental Case. And it's been on the market for about a year now. So if we go to the next slide, um, what is the problem that Mental Case actually solves? Well, it's, it's getting information into your head, which is not really a, a very trendy topic these days. Everyone wants to talk about search, how you search for information, which of course is important. But 
there is still a lot of things that require you to remember. There's a lot of stuff that you really need to remember, and uh, that, that can be very useful to remember things. And it's not very trendy to talk about that, but um, that's really what the problem that Mental Case solves, and it can be very useful for that. So what are the stages of learning? What are the stages of studying or remembering something? Well, we see it as, as being a, a four-stage process. There's four phases. There's the capture of the information, so you have to, you have to get the information. Usually you want to edit that into some, some usable form, and then you want to organise that into a, way, into a system that you, you find uh, practical. And, of course, you want to study that information so that it goes into your head. And most general purpose tools, word processors, virtual notebooks, things like that, they handle two or three of these phases very well, but very few of them actually address the, the, the uh, study aspect of, uh, of learning. And mental case is designed just to, to, to deal with all four phases. So that, that sort of distinguishes it a bit from, from some of the other tools that are available. Now, if we move on to the next uh, slide, uh, I want to go through now each phase and, and, sh and show you how mental case handles that. And I'm going to begin actually with two phases, with capture and edit, and I'm going to do that uh, simultaneously. So uh, let's start with capture now, but edit. This is about taking what we call, uh, in, in the mental case, uh, vocabulary, we call this mental notes. So we've got a, a term for this. A mental note is basically the atomic unit of information in mental case. And a mental note can have text, it can have images, or it can have both. You can edit mental notes inline in a table where we've got a list of a whole lot of notes and you can just inline uh, edit. Or you can edit them in a modal, uh, detailed modal view like we're showing here on the left, which is uh, just a single note showing part of the body, the immune system in this case. Um, there are basically two types of notes in mental case. There's the simple notes, just a, a, a single fact. It can be an image, it can be text, it can be both, but it's just a single fact on a sheet. And the other type is a Q&A type uh, of note. That is, you're posed a question or you're giving a given a prompt and you're asked to think of the answer. And when you, get the, when, when you think you've got the answer, you can look at the answer and see if you've got it right or wrong. So if we move on to the next slide, um, a second aspect of capture with mental case that we thought was very important is that mental case should actually integrate into your daily routine. It shouldn't just be an application that you go to when you're studying because you come across information all the time that you want to remember. There, there are, there are, there are, there's all sorts of information you need to remember, whether it just be something as simple as, a, as your niece's birthday or someone's phone number even uh, that you need to call regularly so it's useful to remember. There's all sorts of information you come across, or just simple facts that you come across on Wikipedia, in your browser, in your email. Uh, you want to remember that, uh, that, that some website exists so that when you need that information in future, you can, you can find it back. So what we realized is that mental case should integrate into your daily workflow and not just be some uh, a side application that you go to when you, when you study. So we introduced uh, ad hoc mental notes, basically a quick capture. So if you're working in some application, it doesn't matter what application it is, you can hit hot keys and you will automatically uh, be dropped a little sheet that you can enter a mental note into. You can also, uh, apart from hot keys, you can also select uh, uh, something from the status bar, a little item in the status bar. The status bar is that, that bar at the top of Mac OS X window, and you can use that as well as hot keys. So what can you put in these, uh, these quick notes? You can put in text, you can put in images, the same things you can put in any, in any mental note. 
And there's some, some, also, some other nice aspects of Quick Notes. For example, we've introduced um, uh, screenshots from within Mental Case, so built-in screenshot functionality. That means that making a mental note can be as simple as uh, hitting a hotkey and dragging across part of the screen, and then you've got that, that image in Mental Case for study in future. Even if something's in the real world and not in your virtual in the virtual world of your computer, you can you can capture it as a mental note because we've got built-in support for eyesight as well, right in in mental case. So, in mental case, you can just you click a button and your eyesight will take a photo of something which will become a mental note. So that's quick capture. If we move to the next uh, slide, we're going to actually do um, a bit of a demo here. So let's have a look at making a note. We're going to click this Add Note button. This is Mental Case on the Mac. Click the Add Note button. And you can see we're dropped into a, a modal editing mode. So here we can, on the right, we can enter uh, a mental note. And we're going to enter some notes about Leonardo da Vinci. And he was born in 1452. So this is a simple, factual note. There's no question. Let's make another note just by clicking New, and now we'll make a question-answer type note. So let's just add a, add a question this time. Um, let's see, what, what is Leonardo da Vinci's most famous painting? I guess everyone would know that that's Mona Lisa, so let's tab across and enter that in the answer field. Mona Lisa. And we've now got a question and answer note, so we're done. And if we click done, we go back to the table view and we can see that these are two notes in each of the rows of the table. Now, there's a quick way to also enter textual notes just by tabbing in this table. I've managed to create a new note just by tabbing there from one field to the next. And now I'm going to add another note, uh, another question answer one. What is Leonardo's most famous religious painting? This is again the question. And then I can just hit tab and I'll go across to the answer field and I can enter in the Last Supper. So two basic modes of, of entering notes, uh, sort of an inline version uh, mode and a, and a modal uh, mode, full, full screen modal. Now I mentioned there was this quick entry. Let's, let's, let's demonstrate that now. Let's hide Mental Case. Pretend we're not working in Mental Case anymore. And I'm just going to drag up Safari here from the bottom. Safari has um, a page open in Wikipedia about Leonardo da Vinci of all all things. And um, I'm just going to select here from the mental case status item, quick image note. But I'm still in Safari. No, I'm still in Safari. And I'm just going to drag in this picture of Leonardo da Vinci into this in here and just enter his name in the text. When I click OK, that'll be a mental note. It'll be in mental case. And I'm still in Safari. I've never left Safari. So this really is easy to, to, to capture information at any time during the day. Even easier, perhaps, is quick screenshot uh, notes. If I, if I choose a quick screenshot, I can just drag across any piece of the screen. Here I'll just get something about Leonardo's father, the text, and that is then a mental note. Very easy to create, uh, to create mental notes in this way. So this quick capture is, is an integral part of, of, of mental case, and we realized from the beginning that it was very important to have this. So that's the... Um, basically capture and editing uh, on, in mental case. Let's move on to the next slide and look at organization. This is, a, this is now the third phase that I talked about. Now, we've already seen mental notes. Mental notes are the atomic uh, pieces of information in mental case. And these are, sure, are very small notes, usually a single fact. 
They're very similar in many ways to traditional flashcards, if you've ever seen those, or even a virtual flashcard, uh, virtual flashcards. Actually, Mendel Case is often referred to as a flashcard application. I think it does a bit more than that, but it's, it, it's not, not a bad description. It's just, um, it, it, Mendel Notes are very similar to flashcards. It can have an optional prompt or question, as I, as I already said. If we move to the next slide, then we can see um, that you need a way of, of course, grouping these notes. Otherwise, you'd end up with an enormous list of notes and no way of uh, organizing them. So mental case groups together notes in cases, mental cases, we call them. They're very much the same as a folder in Finder or a playlist in iTunes. So you group together notes in a, in a, in a case and for example, if you're studying, a, uh, for example, a chapter of a book, you might put all of the notes about that chapter in a single case. Now, of course, you'd, if you've got all these chapters, uh, you probably want to put those into something as well. And we'll, for that, we've got case collections. So you can group cases together as well. And you can do that as deeply as you like. So you can put case collections inside case collections inside case collections. So there's plenty of power there for organizing notes. Let's move on to the next slide. Um, one thing I want to point out at this point is that cases, mental cases are more than just a means of grouping notes in mental case. They, they actually play a very important role in what we call the settings cascade. Mental case has a bunch of settings, uh, things like how long should you view the, the, the question, how long should you view the answer, um, how often should the card or should the note appear in, uh, to be studied, things like that. Lots of different settings. And most applications will give you one way to set settings, and that is preferences. Now, Mental Case has preferences, of course, but it has a much power, more powerful scheme as well. It's got something we call the settings cascade. So you set things globally in preferences. So how long should you study a particular card, uh, the question or the answer? You can set that globally in the preferences. But you can also override that at the, at the level of the case. So if you open a case set, the case and edit that, you can, you can change the settings in the case and that will apply then to all of the different notes in the case. It will override the setting from the preferences. And you can even go down to a single note and change the settings for the single note and that will override the settings in the case and the preferences. So this is a sort of an inheritance type of, of uh, relationship here where, one, where the case inherits from preferences, the notes inherit from the case, and you can override settings or you can inherit them. And we're going to see what this all means in, in, in detail in a minute. So let's move on to um, an actual screencast. Next slide. And let's actually have a look at the organizational facilities in mental case. Let's, let's add a case, clicking this button here in the toolbar, add case. And we want a case for our Leonardo da Vinci note. So we're going to call it Leonardo. And we'll click OK. And then we've got a case for Leonardo. Now it's got no notes in it. So let's go to all notes and select all of our notes on Leonardo da Vinci. Just holding the, the shift. We'll drag that across and into the Leonardo case. And if we click on Leonardo, you can see that they're all in there. Okay, so that's Leonardo. Now imagine we're actually studying a whole art course and we, don't, we want more than just Leonardo, we want other artists as well. Let's now create a collection for all of our art. So we're choosing a new collection there at the bottom and we'll just enter art at, in there, click OK, and we'll drag Leonardo into the art collection. And if we had other artists in future, like Michelangelo, someone like that, we could put 
we could put them also in the art collection. So that's a way of organizing your cases into collections to, to reduce the clutter a bit. Now, I mentioned this cascade, this settings cascade. Let's take a look by double-clicking on Leonardo case at some of the settings. See, we've got a setting for the viewing time of a slide. Which we'll, What we'll do is we'll override the preference setting by, clicking, by checking the box and then dragging the slider to 9.8. So instead of 5, which is, in, is from the preferences, we'll make it 9.8 for this particular case. Now, let's have a look in a note. Has, has the note picked up that setting? Yes, it has. It's picked up the 9.8 that we set in the case. It hasn't got the value of the preferences. But we can also override it here. We can check the box here and we can make it, for this particular card, we can make it 18. So um, you can override it at different levels. And if we uncheck it, it goes back to the value of the case. So what happens then if we, uh, if we then go back into our case and uncheck that? Does the note pick that up again? So it's gone back to the preference setting of 5. We go back into the note, and sure enough, the note has picked that up as well. It's back to 5 instead of 9.8. So you can see this cascade of things inheriting values, settings from the case, and, and further on from the preferences. So it's a very powerful means of setting values, options. So that's, uh, that's how you organize notes in, in mental case. I want to move on now. We'll go to the next slide. And the last phase in our learning schema was the dreaded S word, studying. And this is the phase that most applications don't deal with. Take a virtual notebook, which is a popular application type these days. Virtual notebooks are great for doing what they do, they're designed for. That is, they are designed for storing lots of information and for helping you search and find. And they do that well. They don't offer you much help at all with studying, because they weren't really designed for that. Now, mental case comes from a completely different direction. Mental case comes from the direction of, of studying. So it, it, it's designed from the ground up for studying. And of course, it has many different features that are similar to a virtual notebook, but they're all geared to one thing, and that is that you, you learn the information that you put into it. It's, it's geared towards studying. The way it works in mental cases, you get immersive slideshows, so you're not distracted. You can you can study the information uh, when you've got some time, and uh, so they're completely immersive. And most most applications, of course, don't have uh, slideshows like this. Mental case even prepares uh, what you need to study, so it'll tell you it'll autom automatically generate uh, content for you from your notes and tell you this is what you should study now, based on a, a scientific algorithm, which we'll talk about in a minute. If you're really fanatical, you can even get mental case to nag you. Uh, so most people have trouble studying. Uh, they, don't, they, 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 they procrastinate. Uh, there are settings in mental case to, to nag you to study. When, when, you're, when you've got a certain number of notes that, you, that are due for studying, mental case can pop up a dialogue saying, hey, uh, you're getting, you're getting a quite a few notes uh, that you need to study. Why don't you, why don't you start a slideshow now? Of course, you can turn that off if you don't like nagging, and so a lot of people don't, but it's an option. Okay, let's move on to the next slide. And I mentioned that Mental Case can auto-generate uh, content for you to study. And this is manifested in Mental Case in something called the lesson. The lesson is a special case. Uh, you can think of it as like a, a bit like a personal tutor, so it's automatically generated for you. So notes enter the lesson when they're due to be studied, and when you study notes in the lesson, they, the notes are then rescheduled for the future. 
it's very much like a, an inbox, a mail inbox. If you, if you think of your email inbox, uh, if you imagine mental cases sending you notes to study in the, in the same way that other people send you email. So this lesson that slowly fills up with the notes that are due to be studied, and you can, you can get rid of them by uh, studying the notes just the way that you get rid of email by looking at, at, the, uh, looking at the emails or reading them. So the notes actually feed back. They, they, they come into the lesson, you study them, they go away, and they come back at some later date. And they keep doing this, they go around and around, feeding back until the, you've, you've learnt the notes, so you've learnt the, the material. So let's move to the next slide. Um, now the algorithm that's used for this, you might think it's uh, just pulled out of a hat, but actually it's based on scientific studies. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a technique known as spaced repetition, but which became quite popular in the 1980s in particular, and was popularized by an application called SuperMemo. SuperMemo is a Windows application, and uh, it's still around today, but it, it's, it's, it's used for a research. It's not that user-friendly, and it's not available on the Mac. And what, we, what we've basically done with Mental Case is we've taken some of the best ideas out of, uh, of SuperMemo, and we've, we've put them into Mental Case and tried to make it a little bit more user-friendly. Uh, for, for Mac users. The theory is, is relatively easy. There's plenty of scientific research behind it. The idea is simply that um, notes uh, are scheduled to appear at ever-increasing intervals of time. So a note will first appear in your lesson perhaps after one day, and then after you've studied, that, uh, studied it, it will appear again after another seven days, for example. And then if you study it again, it will appear then after, say, 14 days. So it, it, the notes appear at ever-increasing intervals in your, um, in your lesson. And this has been scientifically sh uh, proven to, to maximize the retention of information for the, the amount of time that you study. So it's, a, a, um, it's based in science. And, of course, the intervals that are used are not just arbitrary either. They're actually based also on scientific research. So they're not just arbitrary intervals. Let's move on to the next slide. I, I want to demonstrate all of this now. So um, what we're going to do here, here is the lesson that I mentioned. It's a special case. It's automatically filled. And the notes that are in the lesson have also got this blue dot next to them so that you know that they're in the lesson at the moment. To study the lesson, you just click on this button here at the top in the toolbar, Study Lesson. You can see we get dropped into a slideshow. The, the background darkens and we've got this slideshow and we've got some controls here at the bottom. We can um, play and, and pause just like a, a video recorder. We can also go forward and back manually if we need to. You can see we get the question and the answer in this case about the Last Supper. We can mark notes as being right or wrong if we thought we didn't get it uh, right, then we can we can click on the wrong button, and what that does is it means that you'll you'll see that note more often in future. It'll also stay in the lesson; it won't disappear from the lesson and be rescheduled. You can see here the image uh, of Leonardo da Vinci. This was our screenshot, and when we're finished, we just click the cross button and we, we're we are out of the, the lesson. And you'll note that some of the notes that were in the lesson have disappeared from the list, and they were the ones we got right. The ones that we got wrong, they'll stay in. The lesson, and so that we reinforce uh, our learning of those those notes. So, in, in that sense, uh, mental case also dynamically adjusts to what uh, you you remember easily and what you don't remember easily. So, if you remember something easily, you'll mark it as right, and it will be rescheduled. If you don't remember it, you mark it as wrong, and it will appear to you more and more frequently until you uh, can remember it. 
So let's move on now to the next slide. And uh, let's talk a, a bit about the iPhone, because uh, the iPhone was a godsend for us uh, when it appeared, because we thought uh, we, 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 we didn't know about the iPhone when we first wrote Mental Case, but when it actually appeared, we thought this is a really uh, a match made in heaven. The Mental Case really does uh, love the iPhone. So why, why is it so important? Uh, why is the iPhone so important um, to Mental Case? Well, it can it can change your study study habits in some ways. It can it can it can make you uh, make it possible to utilise dead time, which you wouldn't normally have been able to utilise. Uh, if you've got all your information on a on a, uh, on a on a laptop, it's not very convenient to take that laptop and study on the train or on the bus, or when you're waiting in line or or at the doctor's or whatever. It's just not very convenient. Whereas it's no problem at all to take an iPod Touch or an iPhone and study uh, while you're waiting for something. And so it's, it's a perfect match. And just some examples of that, some of it is dead time. Um, yeah, imagine you're on a bus or on a train going to work. Normally you might read the newspaper, but why not study your lesson while you're on the, on the bus and, and utilise that time better? And what it also means is that, of course, you're saving precious time because later on you don't have to study that material again or you, you, you need to study it less. And so you've saved some precious, some of your precious spare time as well at the same time. Now, of course, uh, I don't know if the teachers will be happy with this, me saying this, but um, you can also study, of course, in, in the TV commercial breaks. Instead of zapping around from one channel to another, why not take two or three minutes to study some of the lesson and utilise that dead time uh, instead of just uh, vegetating in front of the television? Um, and finally, if you're waiting in line for something at the doctor's, at the supermarket, uh, whatever, there's plenty of places that we have to wait and queue for and, 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 and uh, generally waste time. And why not just pull out your iPhone, study a few notes on the lesson, and then um, you don't have to do that later. So uh, a match made in heaven, mental case and iPhone. So let's move on now to the next slide. Uh, what is mental case for iPhone? How does it work? Well, um, the way it works is you need, well, it works best if you've got mental case for the Mac as well. So you, you have mental case on your Mac and you sync information, all your notes or some of your notes over to your to mental case on the iPhone. And um, that goes for a wireless network. So in airport, you need some an airport network or you need just a, you can also just use a, the airport card in your Mac if you've got an airport, airport card in your Mac, which, which I think they all do now. So um, you don't need a dedicated wireless network, but you do need some sort of wireless connection to your Mac. There are two versions of Mental Case for the iPhone. There's the Lite version, which um, is completely free, uh, and, and it's, it enables you to sync so you can get your cards onto your iPhone, and it enables you to study. And when you study, the information about what you studied will be transferred back to your Mac, and, and uh, notes that you study in the lesson will be rescheduled. So it's just like studying, it's just as if you were studying on the Mac, really. You study on your iPhone, when you next sync, all that information goes back to your Mac, and your Mac reschedules those notes, and they leave the lesson. So that's a lot, it's completely free. And if you want to pay a, a few dollars, in this case $7.99, you can get the full edition. Now, what does the full edition have in addition to the syncing and studying? Well, they should actually create new notes and edit notes on the iPhone. And they, when you create a note on the iPhone, it will be synced back to your Mac next time you sync. So you, you can actually create content on your iPhone on the, on the go. Something else that's in the, in the full edition, uh, we did a deal with um, flashcardexchange.com, and you can download directly from Flashcard Exchange onto the Mental Case for iPhone. 
And Flashcard Exchange is the biggest online repository of flashcards in the world. It's got 16 million flashcards. So if you can't find something there, it probably doesn't exist. And that is actually, it's a pretty good deal, $7.99, because Flashcard Exchange download normally costs you $20. So you get that for free if you, if you take the full edition of Mental Case for iPhone. Actually, there's a um, Mental Case for iPhone full edition is actually on, on sale at the moment. So um, you can get it cheaper if you go, and go to the App Store now. It's, it's down at $4.99 at the moment. So let's move on to the next uh, slide, and I just want to demo uh, Mental Case for iPhone. Here I've got the, the iPhone simulator. I'm just opening up Mental Case. And here is, um, I'm going to click on Sync here. I'm going to transfer all my Leonardo notes over to the iPhone. So I go back to the Mac, click on the Mac app, and in File, I will choose Sync with iPhone iPod Touch. I select the iPod, click some options, click Connect, and then I can uh, choose what I want to sync across. I'm going to sync all my art across. In this case, it's just Leonardo notes, but anyway. Click on Sync, get a warning, click Continue. And across they go. You can see both uh, devices reacting there. And it's finished. So I can close that on the Mac and go back to the iPhone, click on Cases, and sure enough, there's my Leonardo da Vinci notes that we made. Um, so there's a list of them. And we can click on one. And you can see in detail what's in there. There's an image we, we, we dragged across when we last studied it, whether it's in a lesson. We can even edit it. If there was a spelling error, for example, in this, this name here, we could, we could correct that. There's not, but we'll pretend that there is. Just backspace there and then uh, press the I and save. We could add an image. And when I say add an image, you can take it from your photo collection or you can even take a photo. Um, we can filter the notes if there was a, lots of notes, if there were hundreds of notes, and it would be useful maybe to filter them. Here it's very, not really necessary, but here if we type in Leo, well, it matches probably every note, but anyway, you, you get the idea. So we click on Study here, and we can click Study Less, and this is how you study on the iPhone. So we, we, we drop into a slideshow. If we click in the middle, we can get some, some, some uh, controls. Again, we've got Play and Pause, just like on the Mac. And uh, you can see that... You can also manually uh, navigate, just like on the Mac, with the arrows. There's the front and the back, uh, the question and the answer. Clicking in the middle, the, the controls go away, and we can enter a full screen mode where we can just touch the side of the screen and, uh, to navigate. If you touch the bottom of the screen, left and right, you get correct and, and wrong, so right and wrong uh, options. If you double-click on, on an image, you can see it in detail. In this case, it's not necessary, but sometimes you have images that are just too small on the, on the screen. Double-click it, double-tap it, and it will appear in full-screen uh, mode. So you can also mark things as right and wrong. You can also um, swipe your finger across left to right, right to left to navigate. That's another way of navigating. And when you're finished, click in the middle and then just hit the cross at the top, and you're out. And the lesson is updated. Uh, the number of lesson notes is updated. Now, I mentioned Flashcard Exchange. If we click the Exchange tab here, we can see all the categories, lots of categories. You can also um, search. But here we've got, gone into Art, and we'll go into um, this particular set of cards, Italian Renaissance Art. That sounds uh, topical. So we'll click the, the Download button at the bottom there, and you can see it starts downloading. Now, we don't have to wait for it. We can just go and look for more cards. Let's, let's take uh, the, the Color Theory the color theory card set. 
here. We can read about it and then download that as well at the same time. No need to wait. Go back to cases, and then we can see that the colour theory is, was a small case, so that's already there. There's a bunch of questions about colour theory. And what about our Italian Renaissance art? That's there now too. If we click on that, yeah, you can see um, that's all of our Italian art. So um, all of those images, uh, that were, a whole bunch of images from Flashcard Exchange. And in this case, the question is the the image or the sculpture, and the answer is the uh, is the artist. You can also replace a photo if you need to. We won't do that here because it's beautiful artwork, so we'll leave that as is. So that's basically uh, it for Mental Case on the iPhone. That's the main features of Mental Case on the iPhone. Let's uh, now move on to the next slide. And at this point, uh, we've covered all of the features or the main features of Mental Case and Mental Case on the iPhone. And I want to pass over now to, um, to Karen Thompson. If we go to the next slide, Karen is... Uh, an Apple Distinguished Educator, and she's from Springfield District uh, 186, and the importance of that is that they, uh, they have installed uh, Mental Case on, I think it's uh, in four of their schools uh, for their students. So Karen's got plenty of experience with deploying Mental Case in a school environment, and she's going to talk about that now. So, uh, Karen, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, we have right. um, Mental Case used. Let's go to the next slide. I think that'll help me think about the things that we're working on. We have mental case on the laptops for middle school students. So 6th, 7th, and 8th graders currently in five of our middle schools have their own MacBook as well as mental case on their slides, on their laptops. And the reason we went with mental case is because of ease of use for students creating their own or for teachers starting them off. So often we see that Teachers create the things that students need to memorize or that students need to learn, and students need to be more in charge of that kind of environment. And we found that Mental Case was very good at letting them be in charge of how they wanted to study. We also found that it was for easy for students to share their notes so that they combine notes. A teacher might, and one of the examples that I'll show in a minute, will show how students created their own notes for a particular topic, and then the teacher combined that into a classroom set so that everyone had the advantage of using all of the notes rather than just um, everyone taking their own notes on a different sheet of paper. So if we look at the next slide, we also know that one of the things I found useful was really the workflow, how you were going to share that information. The fact that it was easy for my teachers without a lot of information to drag that case to the desktop, and we have a server, so those are uploaded to a server. Teachers might have emailed them, but usually I found that they were sharing that information on a server and simply dragging it back in. So I know that the ease of use was really there. We used this last year in all five middle schools. I don't have any experience with students yet using it on an iPod Touch, but I do have um, iPods going into some of the elementary schools, kind of uh, more mobile learning, and so it'll be interesting to see as um, those options become more available for us. If you'll look at the next slide, you'll notice that one of the places I found teachers wanted mental case right away was foreign language, because my foreign language teachers at the middle school are really charged with just an introduction to the language and they want them to memorize certain words and some beginning kinds of phrases. 
Now, one of the disappointments was certainly that we didn't have audio yet, but we know that that's coming because Drew's told me it's coming, and he'll talk more about that later. But the fact that the notes could be studied in both directions were very useful. If we look at the next slide, you'll see an example of um, a collection a collection of cases from my French teacher. And so she's got a case for French days of the week and months of the year and numbers. And you can very easily see that she's got cards created for school supplies. And students have added their own images to those cards. What the teacher found important was that she wanted to create a card that had the prompt and the answer. I don't speak French, sorry. Um, so on paper, but this was my best example, um, that if you look at the next card, you'll see that they've got the French for paper. The next card is the English for paper, and the students have added an image. They can use this set of cards, this case, in either direction. So they can practice from the English to the French or from the French to the English. And that's the kind of practice they need at this point for that kind of information. The next card that I've got, if you look at the next slide, is from um, literature. So teachers knew that they wanted students to know uh, about genres. So they wanted them to look at what was a tall tale and what was a biography. And they wanted a definition, and they wanted some examples that they'd used in class. So they found it very easy to create a couple of cards, a couple of notes, that had that beginning information on it. Let me give you the definition of a tall tale. And then they turned them back to the students, and the students added some of the literature that they remembered that they'd worked on. And so each student might have different examples there and added an image and then added what they needed to remember about that particular kind of story. And so the next card shows you that they've added an image of Paul Bunyan, and they've also reminded themselves that that's called a tall tale, where the next card shows you if you'll look at the next slide, again, that same example, a very brief story in prose or verse, and that's going to be the tortoise and the hare, and then the answer is on the next card, a fable. What was powerful was that the students could do image capture, do a screen capture, add those images, put in the images that they wanted, add the text they wanted, and yet the teacher was somewhat in control of what was being gathered into those cases. And it really worked for us to give teach students more control over how they wanted to study and organize the information that they had. So it was powerful for us to give them a tool that was so easy to use, and that's why I've enjoyed using mental case in the classroom. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. Uh, if we move on to the next card, I, I just want to now move away from the, the classroom and w move um, back to what mental case is going to do in the future, what we're planning for mental case in the future. And we already heard from Karen that audio is one of the big uh, requests that, that we get, and we're certainly planning to add that in the very near future. So um, let's move on to the next card and actually look in detail at what we're planning. Um, mental case is currently at version 1.5.3, I believe, uh, and we are planning to release version 2.0 sometime early in, in 2010, so about six months from now. And this will be a complete rewrite for, for Leopard and Snow Leopard. Um, things have m moved on a bit since we first started developing mental case. There's a lot of new technologies in, in Leopard and Snow Leopard that we can utilize, and uh, so we'll be, we'll be targeting those, those platforms. Um, the first thing we want to do with Mental Case 2 
is uh, to fill in the gaps in some of the gaps in 1.0, basically, on the 1.x versions. So um, when we first started developing Mendel Case three years ago, we had a certain ideas, and some of those ideas have changed based on what the users would want to have. And um, so there are some gaps in Mental Case 1.x, and we're going to fill those. For a start, at the moment, you're restricted to two sides of a card, and language, users, language learners often want more than two sides in a, in a, in a, in a, mental, case, in a mental card, a mental note. So we're going to have n-sided notes in, uh, in version 2. As many, you can have as many sides as you want. Um, we're also going to add audio, as, as we heard from Karen. That's, a, that's something that's very important to language learners in particular, but, but others as well. Uh, for for teach, teaching uh, young children also, audio is useful. Perhaps even video. We haven't decided on that yet, uh, but video might also be nice. Uh, something definitely we're definitely adding is formatting of text. At, at the moment, it might surprise you that there's no uh, real formatting of text in Mental Case, and there's a, a good reason for that. That is, text has to be used in a, in a variety of different contexts. Namely, uh, you need to be able to edit it in the editing uh, mode, but you also need to be able to view it in a, a large text in a, in a slideshow mode. So, to actually make that all work nicely together is not so not so trivial, and we're going to. Um, address that in version 2. We do know how to do it now and we're going to do that. Now apart from just filling gaps in version 1, uh, we want to make version 2 of Mental Case take the, the next step and we want it, want it to go beyond just being an application for learning and instead becoming a platform for learning. And what, what, that, invo what that means basically is that you'll be able to, we want, we want interaction with, between mental, mental case users. So um, sharing will become a big feature of, of version two. And initially there'll be bonjour sharing. So the idea here is that um, sharing over bonjour, which means basically that you can share over a local network. So you might have a class full of students and, and, and one student will make a set of cards, another student will make a different set of cards, and they'll all be able to access each other's cards if they, if they choose and, uh, and share them. Um, just directly from, from inside Mendel Case, they'll, they, they won't have to take any action. Um, so you can think of this as a little bit like uh, how iTunes has uh, music streaming uh, with your lo over your local network. If you think of that in terms of Mendel Case, then you've pretty much got the right idea. Now, beyond that, of course, you, you, you might want to also share online. So uh, you might want to upload cards so that the whole Internet can, uh, or the, not the whole Internet, but at least every mental case user can download those cards. So there's that type of sharing as well. And that, that, that of course, will be added as well. Um, we'll, we'll have a server-side uh, uh, web service to handle that. And we hope it will even be possible to do things like uh, create a group for um, online for your class, for example, and share notes only in that group so that, so that not everyone will be able to access them, but you, just, you, you allow your students, for example, to access a set of cards, depending on whether you want them public or not. So as I said, this will all hopefully be due in, in, in early 2010. If we, if we go to the next, uh, next slide, uh, there's something that's a little bit closer by. We're hoping to, to get this done as early as August or, or September of this year. And this is uh, something especially for schools. It's called Mental Case School, it's, and it's for the iPhone and iPod Touch. So it's a special version for the iPhone and iPod Touch. And one of the problems we, we hear from teachers is that the way that Mental Case for iPhone is currently set up, 
it, it expects a one-to-one relationship with a Mac. So this this is quite common with, with iTunes, for example. You have the same situation where you sync your music with a single Mac. And um, this one-to-one syncing doesn't work that well uh, for mental case in the classroom. So because often in the classroom you have a one-to-many relationship. The teacher will prepare some content and want to broadcast that to many students. So the current uh, setup of mental case on the iPhone is not is not ideal for the, for a classroom setting. What we want to do in mental case school edition is to allow the uh, teacher to prepare notes on a Mac with mental case on a Mac to export those in, in a special format and to upload that to, say, a web server, maybe an iDisk or, or an intranet server, and any sort of web access uh, for the students. And then the students can download um, that card set simply by entering a web address, a URL. And, um, and Mental Case will download this special uh, file and then unpack it, and the students will have automatic access to that, that content that the teacher prepared. And in addition to that, students will be able to, uh, to create and edit their own notes on the iPhone as well. So if we go to the next slide, um, when do we hope to have this and how much will it cost? Well, we, we hope to have it out in August, September this year, so it, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be too long now. Hopefully, even before the next school, school year starts, we might see. In any case, um, how much does it cost? The app itself will be completely free. So one problem with, uh, with distributing apps on the, on the iPhone in schools is, of course, that it's, it's a bit of a pain in the neck having to pay for them all and, and figuring out a way of, of getting them installed on, on, on the iPhone or the iPod Touch. So the easiest thing for us to do is to just say, well, this app is free, and the way we get our, um, our, our paycheck is simply that the, the, the teacher just pays for a single copy of Mental Case for the Mac uh, to help him or her prepare the content. So it's a very cheap way to get Mental Case into the classroom. If you've got a class of 30 kids, basically you pay for one copy of Mental Case and, uh, for the Mac, and, uh, you've, which is $15 at the moment, and you can, uh, you can use it with your whole class. Okay, so let's just move on to the last uh, sheet here. So that, that's all I wanted to talk about in terms of Mental Case and Mental Case in the class. And uh, thanks, to, thanks to Karen uh, with her uh, piece on the, on the classroom. Uh, if you want more information about Mental Case, the best place to look is at the website. So our website is, is macflashcards.com. And uh, there's a forums there, and there's lots of information about Mental Case and Mental Case on the iPhone. And there's a news and a blog, and so there's heaps of information there uh, to find on the website. Uh, I just also want to thank uh, wrinklyp.com. Wrinklyp.com do all of our design, uh, including the user interface design, a lot of the user interface design for, for both Mental Case for the Mac and the iPhone. So I just wanted to thank them. If you've got some uh, design that needs doing, consider wrinklyp.com. Okay, so at this point I want to hand back to, uh, to Scott back in the studio. All right, thank you, Drew, and thank you, Karen. Um, we have a couple of questions, but uh, before we address those, I'd like to remind our viewers that there's still time to uh, enter a question of their own at the bottom of their viewing window in their web browser. There's a little text uh, chat window. You can just type that in, and uh, we'll read the question over the air here in the studio. Uh, so let's see. Um, yes, we will have an archive of this webcast. Um, I know we're kind of doing this in the dog days of summer, and a lot of the uh, target audience is away on vacation. 
And um, the good news is we will have an archive available roughly in two weeks. Look at the uh, maclearning.org website uh, for a link to that. All the maclearning.org uh, webcast archives are hosted by Duke University in their iTunes U um, deployment. And you can actually find those if you just go to iTunes U um, in your iTunes client and do a search for Mac Learning and you'll, you'll find those. So look for that in about two weeks. And uh, thanks for that question reminder uh, from a viewer in England. So it's good to see we've got an international audience, uh, which is pretty typical for, for us here. Uh, so, Drew, uh, the first question is um, about version 2. You talked about the future and upcoming release. And uh, the viewer wants to know if the um, syncing will support uh, the new inclusion of audio and video. So will basically you get a full multimedia sync experience with version 2? Uh, yes, that's certainly the plan. At, at the moment, we sync both um, text and images. Uh, and um, when we add audio, we would, we would expect that to be supported as well. So, of course, uh, you have to be a bit smart about how, what you transfer across because you can get files that are a bit bigger. But um, certainly that, that, that would be the idea, that, that uh, at, least, at least if the video was in the correct format, it would be synced across. Um, I think audio would, would definitely be synced across. Yeah, so that, that uh, it wouldn't be much use probably without that, I think. So it's, it is an iPhone or an iPod after all. It's, it's made for audio, so... Uh, so that would be the idea. Okay. And uh, interesting question about uh, thinking of a web-based option for folks with with no iPod. Now I'm not. They're also asking about no Mac, but I'm I'm thinking. Um, so there, I think there's two levels of the question here. One is, of course, a web application for doing something like this. Uh, but the other one would be maybe designing the the cards in a Mac. Say a teacher could do that, and then. Um, export those to a website for students to view on a, on a, a web browser um, versus having to have an, an iPod. Of course, we'd love for them to have an iPod or an iPhone, uh, certainly the best user experience um, and allowing you to take that on the bus and some of the other examples you gave. But any thoughts to uh, a pure web-based solution? Um, okay, well, there's actually a few options here already uh, in mental case, even one point, the 1.x versions. First of all, you can export in HTML. So you can already export a set of cards as a set of slides that you can then uh, upload to a web server and then your students could access that. So that's already a possibility. You simply select the, the, the notes or the case that you want to export and you choose from file, you choose export slides and then choose the HTML option. So that's already possible. That's, already, that's, not, that's not a problem. Um, yeah, of course, you have to have your own web server. There's no direct upload at the moment. So, um, so that's HTML. Uh, the other question I think was, uh, if you don't have a Mac, is, is it possible to, uh, to to make slides? At the moment, we, 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 uh, it is actually possible to use Metal Case for iPhone without a Mac. And the way that works is, you, as I said, we've done a deal with FlashcardExchange.com, and FlashcardExchange.com is a full uh, flashcard. Uh, environment, so so you can actually create and, and study cards on Flashcard Exchange inside a web browser. And the way, so w the idea is, if you haven't got a Mac uh, for some reason, uh, God forbid, uh, you could you could open up a Flashcard Exchange and you could create your content there, and then. On the iPhone, you open up that Exchange tab that I showed, and you can go into My Notes, 
and you can download your cards there. So that's a way of using a metal case for iPhone without having a Mac. So that's also certainly possible. In the future, in version 2, we want to go further than just uh, allowing you to export HTML and then uploading it to your own server. We want, we want to go uh, to, to, the, to the, we want to actually allow direct sharing. So, so there will be some web service which you won't ever see. You'll simply click uh, upload or share and your notes will be uploaded just like mobile me and um, they will appear to others if you allow that, if you, if you make them public, that they will, they will appear in the, in the mental case version of others in the list. So um, that, I think that answers most of the questions. The, the, the last, uh, yeah, so the, this, thing, this idea of uploading to a web server is, is related, of course, also to mental case school edition, uh, where a teacher will prepare content, export to a file, and then put that on a web server somewhere so that students with an iPod Touch or an iPhone can, inside mental case school edition, actually download that, uh, that content directly. So I think we've got all the bases covered with, with all those options. Uh, some of them are available now, and some of them you'll have to wait for uh, version 2. Sound, it sounded like that, that last case where they could host uh, a web server behind the firewall. I'm just thinking of instances where it might be you know, a, a college, let's say College of Medicine, where they view their flashcards and their study guides as proprietary for whatever reason, and they only want their students to access it. And also there may be... Uh, data that's sensitive and they have to basically own and control that locally and can't put it up on your web server and you're saying there's a way that they'll be able to do that host all that data locally and control it for for whatever you know uh, data sensitivity issues that's a possibility right well with mental case school um the idea there is you, enter, you export a, to an archive file, and what you do with that archive file is up to you. So if you've got an intranet, for example, which has got firewall, it's firewalled from the outside, you could, you could put it, make it available there so that only, only people inside your institution can access it. Um, so it's really up to you. You could even just uh, share over a local network from your Mac, uh, from, a, from, a local, from a local Mac with web sharing. That's also possible. It just has to be accessible Fear a fear a, a URL basically fear fear a web uh, interface. But how you actually where you put that whether it, whether it's public or whether it's not public is up to you. If you've got the means to uh, protect it, you can certainly do that. Okay, great. Um, Karen, a uh, question for you: Are there any um, uh, metrics or any kind of study going on in terms of uh, measuring the impact of uh, deploying and using mental case? with students uh, or any anecdotal evidence that you might share? Is it, has it been a, not from the user experience standpoint, but from a learning standpoint, what, what's been the impact? Anything to share there? Well, the, the impact there, and of course you ask if there's any studies, and right now we're just busy trying to find out how the one-to-one -one impacts learning, so I haven't tried to separate out the mental case. Certainly the uh, antidotes are just about how students use it, and it's powerful because they're in charge of what they put on those slides. You know, we had one of those um, break days, you know, a snow day, you know those days when it's Friday and the teacher thought the test review was going to be on Friday and she was frantic because on Monday they were supposed to have the test and one little girl raised her hand and said, don't worry, I'll share my mental case stack with you because um, we can just quickly review. I made it over the weekend. So it's easy for them to do those kinds of things. And that's what you want you know, have students in charge of it. It's interesting hearing Drew talk about what will happen when we actually get this on an iPod, because one of the very early things I noticed when we started the one-to-one -one three years ago 
was that students understood that they could create an audio file, a GarageBand file, and listen to that on their iPods, which then weren't iPod touches that they were listening to on the bus. So I'm anxious for the world that we move into where students really have that portability to go anywhere they want, and I think it's going to work for them. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of today's students um, watching this webcast and thinking all the time I spent writing out index cards for my own uh, flashcards and you know undergrad and graduate programs. So uh, I think I think it's a great solution. Um, a couple more questions. I, I saw uh, on a slide somewhere. I think this is what the viewer uh, is asking. There was uh, the mention of support for uh, CSV comma separated values does that mean that in theory you could export all your flashcards into a spreadsheet and and basically then share the spreadsheet with someone and they could do the reverse thing they could import all that data back into a mental case exactly yeah that's exactly what it's for so um at the moment, in the release version of Mental Case, you can you can import and export CSV text. So these are just common separated values, which can be used, for example, in Excel, or they could be used in another flashcard application. So um, you're not locked into Mental Case. If you, if you decide after a while that you don't like it, export your your content and go to another flashcard application or something like that. So um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of import and export op opportunities there. There's CSV, there's TSV, which is tab separated values, and some that we're adding just at the moment, it's actually in a beta release on the website, but it's not actually in the, in the final, in a, in a final release just yet, is um, a CSV archive format. So the idea there is that um, it will be CSV, but it will be CSV mixed with the images. So you'll have media as well as, as text. So you'll have a, a, basically a, a folder full of images. And then in the CSV file, you'll, they'll be referenced along with text. So that'll be a way of really uh, 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 quite a powerful way of uh, exporting and importing uh, content in a very platform-independent way. Okay. Uh, and another international uh, viewer, this one from Austria, is uh, wondering if you've heard of something called the Leitner system, L-E-I-T-N-E-R. Um, and it, it's something also based on spaced repetition. So uh, a, a general question, what's your uh, knowledge uh, and understanding of uh, Leitner system? That's uh, L-E-I-T-N-E-R, Leitner system. Um, and if you, if you have uh, some familiarity with that, uh, is that part of mental case or are you looking at uh, including the Leitner system into mental case? Right. So Leitner is indeed, uh, it's, it's related to this space repetition idea. Uh, Leitner developed a scheme where you had a, a series of boxes and you would study cards in a box and when you got it right, you would move it to the next box and if you got it wrong, you would move it back to the first box. And Anyway, it was a, a complete scheme of, uh, of studying and, it, and, and it, what it basically came back to was something very similar to spaced repetition. At the moment, Mental Case doesn't use exactly the Leitner scheme. It uses something similar, namely if you get something wrong, it appears more often, both in the current slideshow and in future. So if you click a, a note as being wrong in a slideshow, it will actually, be re it will actually reappear in the same slideshow at different points and also at the end. So this is a way of reinforcing uh, the, the note that you got wrong, uh, which is basically what Lightner does. It makes things that you get wrong appear more often. In version two, we want to improve uh, actually this, this sort of training aspect. Um, this is a bit independent of the lesson. The lesson is more like a multi-day multi uh, schedule of notes 
Whereas Leitner is more when you're, say, cramming for an exam or something. You're doing something in the short term. You want to learn something quite quickly. You can just go through all the notes, and, and, and the ones that you get wrong will, will appear more often. And basically, we, want to, we were going to improve that in version 2. Uh, it won't be exactly Leitner because we, we think we've got some, some ideas that work better with mental case, but it, it, it certainly those ideas are there and influencing in mental case already. Okay, great. Uh, so we still have some time if viewers want to type in uh, a question. Um, and in the meantime, a uh, question for you, Drew. So with, with the uh, forthcoming inclusion of audio and video in version 2, um, I think one can imagine some very rich media uh, flashcard content. So, you know, anatomy or, or whatever the subject matter might be. Any thought as to... Um, a, a, a business model for people who might create that rich content uh, and, and want to sell the content for use in um, mental case or what, what's your thinking in terms of you know a business model for content creators in, in the flashcard world? Um, right, well I mean, there's actually nothing to stop you at the moment uh, doing exactly that. You can create content for mental case. You can export that content into what's called a mental case archive, which is like a binary file. And in theory, you could sell that from your website. There's absolutely nothing to stop you doing that, nothing that we, we, we wouldn't object to that at all. And um, so we probably won't set up any sort of... Uh, store, as it were, that that's certainly not on, on in our plans at the moment. We're, we're about sharing content, but not so much uh, selling it at the moment. But um, there's certainly nothing to stop someone doing that and, and or just, just selling content from their website. So they could set up a website for, for example, learning Japanese and sell a bunch of mental case uh, archives for, for a price. Um, of course, you've got things like DRM to think about, which uh, we, we haven't dealt with. Uh, so it, it could be a bit messy, I guess. But, yeah, there's not really anything. In, we're not really planning to do that yet. I think its first first step is just to, to allow sharing of content. And then uh, perhaps at a very late, later, later stage, then we could think about some sort of store, uh, online store. We'll have to see how, how that goes, I think. Okay. And a final question, uh, this one from England. Um, they're they're uh, basically strongly in support of uh, including audio and video uh, and, and see that that's going to really open up uh, a different sort of subject matter and, and markets uh, for mental case. But their question is, uh, what's the mental case algorithm compared to Super Memo? I'm not sure what, uh, what they're looking for there. Uh, and they're also asking if there's an opportunity, do you have a beta test um, program for mental case two and I would I would add on to that what, what's this sort of um, model development model you have in terms of getting user feedback and, and, and evolving your product not only from one to two but in, in the future how, how do you get that sort of feedback from your use uh, user base um, in terms of feedback, uh, people get, people just email us all the time, and we've got we've actually got a, a forum on our, our website as well on, at macflashcards.com. So anyone can uh, can propose a feature, and I, I get involved all the time with discussions. I try to, to find out what the student, what the uh, the users are, uh, actually uh, want, and whether it's a useful feature. So we don't we don't do everything that users come up with, but we certainly consider everything and think about uh, whether it'd be a useful thing to have. 
So um, you can just always email support at mentalfaculty.com with a suggestion, or you can go to the website to do that. Now, we have um, beta testing. Um, we haven't started beta testing Mental Case uh, 2.0 yet. That's um, still in a very early stage of development. But um, we will be doing that later in the year. And what, what we'll do is probably announce on, on, on our, in our news section on the website, which has an RSS feed. You can, you can uh, subscribe to that RSS feed and you can get information about um, how you can become a beta tester. And we'll, we'll just... Um, Anyone that wants to help out there can, can certainly do that. Um, I'm trying to remember now what the first part of the question was. was what, what's the algorithm of mental case, the spaced repetition? How does that compare to uh, super, super memo? Is it basically the, the same? Right. Super memo... Um, it's been around for a long has been around for a long time since the 80s, as I said in the in the talk. Um, it started off with very simple uh, algorithms, such as just um, repeating after one day, then seven days, and so it's basically fixed fixed times. And over the years, it's developed um, into a much more complex system. I think they've had I don't know how many different uh, varieties of algorithm. These days, it's very dynamic. It looks at um, whether you get a note wrong and whether you've got notes, similar notes wrong, and, and it tries to figure out from this the optimal time period to reschedule notes. In other words, it's getting very complicated. It's, it's, it's a subject of scientific research all the time, and um, that's a good thing. But um, at the same time, we think uh, it's probably getting too complicated and the benefits uh, are probably not uh, that great uh, so in mental case, what we've done, we use a quite a, quite a simple, uh, relatively simple algorithm. It's very similar to one of the uh, one of the early uh, super memo algorithms. Basically, it's based on this uh, this idea of, of fixed times, but you can um, also uh, change that a little bit in how and what happens when you get a note wrong, for example. What what should happen when you get a note wrong? You've, you've got a, a, a few preferences there. You can choose. Should, should you start all over again when you get a note wrong with your scheduling, or should you uh, just get a should it just stay in the lesson one more time, or should should it go back a stage or whatever? So you, you've got you've got a bit of control over that. Now in version two, we're thinking of actually making it even simpler because at the moment you actually do have to you can actually set a few things for the lesson. We actually want to head a little bit in the direction of super memo, not completely, but just making things even more transparent for the user just to make it completely um, to, to make it so that mental case basically does all of the decision making for you and, and, and dynamically adjusts the periods based on how you're performing for a particular note so if you get a note wrong twice it will take a certain action if you get it if you get it right a lot and very easily then it will uh, it will uh, assume that you know it very well and not show you the note for a long time that sort of thing. So this sort of uh, more advanced algorithm, we certainly want to advance the algorithm in version 2, and by that I don't mean make it more complicated for the user. I mean actually make it simpler for the user. The user has very little to say about the lesson. The lesson is just a dynamic uh, algorithm that adjusts to how you're performing, basically. Okay. Well, I want to um, thank our presenters and our audience uh, for the webcast today. And again, remember that... Um, 
you'll find the archive on maclearning.org in approximately two weeks. So again, thanks to uh, Drew McCormick, the uh, founder of the Mental Faculty and developer of Mental Case, as well as Karen Thompson, Instructional Technology Facilitator at Springfield District 186, and also an Apple Distinguished Educator. Uh, please look for announcements for August webcast, and uh, we'll see you on the fourth Wednesday of August for the next maclearning.org webcast. Thanks again.